1: Welcome to season 11 of the Parenting Aces podcast, a proud member of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, and this week I am chatting with Lavi Sack, who was actually on the podcast several years ago, but has a new company and a new charitable initiative that he is working on to benefit our sport in his parents' country of origin, Cambodia. Lobby's story is super interesting. His product line is super interesting. So I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy my conversation with Lobby. Before I bring him on, though, I want to just remind you, if you haven't already, we'd love to have you become a premium member of Parenting Aces. You can just go to our website, click on the Join button, and your options will appear magically on your screen. Click on the one that works best for you, and welcome to our community. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Lavi Sack Hey, Lavi, thank you so much for joining us, and I'm so happy to have you back on the podcast. It's been a few years, and um, I was so excited when you reached out to me again.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's great meeting you again, Lisa. I had, a, I had a blast the first time, so happy to do it again.
1: Oh, awesome. So for our listeners that may have missed your first appearance here, can you give us just a little bit of your story in tennis, how you got started in the sport?
2: Yeah, um, I started. I started late. Um, you know, for for tennis, a bit late, around thirteen. Which for other sports may not be late, but for for tennis, it is. Um, I saw a racket racket at yard sale, picked it up, and just started hitting us the wall. Um, had a lot of fun. Played in some teams. Got got somewhat somewhat decent. Um, didn't play in college. Had some smaller schools, but I decided to go to Virginia, which their school is the they're the best tennis school, one of the best tennis schools in the nation. Um, but yeah, the NCAAs
1: this year again,
2: they did, um, so they, they, uh, they did great. I mean, right now I I'm, I'm working on a company called ADV tennis, but what really got me going into ADV is my, my role in coaching. I coached for about eight years at one of the bigger academies in Atlanta. Um, and that was a blast. Um, I love working with kids. Some adults too, doing some of the drills. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my tennis. You know, playing, coaching, and now running a, a tennis business. So.
1: What drew you to coaching? Because I'm always interested in especially for somebody who didn't play college tennis. You know, we we hear of a lot of former college players transitioning onto the coaching side a- after they finish their careers, but for somebody who didn't play college tennis to get involved in coaching is a bit unusual. I'm you know, and I'm always curious to hear what brings somebody into the coaching side because it takes a certain personality.
2: Yeah, I think it's just the mentality of wanting to help people. Um, I, I grew up; I didn't have too much coaching, but I I had a couple mentors and people who reached out and, and they did it for free, and it was it was really really eye opening and just helpful. And I was I'm I'm blessed for it, and I just wanted to kind of give back, and that was a part of it, right? I, some of the coaching I do is is kind of pro bono, but a lot of it I do is at the academy. I just I really I really enjoy helping and, and learning more about the game, just techniques and strategies and things like that. So I. I'm a big believer that you don't have to be the best player to be the best coach. Um, so it's a bit of, it's, it's just like a mind shift. And then I really, I really enjoy it. So I think, I think helping people improve and kind of, you know, understand the power of tennis to kind of what it gives you is really important.
1: I love that. I love that. Well, that's a, the perfect segue into talking about ADV tennis, because I know there is a philanthropic, Piece to that, and we'll jump into that in a little bit. But can you tell us a little bit about ADV Tennis and why you decided to start this company?
2: Yeah, um, it started in 2017, and it was it was really a side hustle that I wanted to sell products in tennis on Amazon. And Amazon, you know how many people shop there, and was more or less, you know, how can I have a small side hustle selling tennis dampeners? Um, it's funny enough, a lot of tennis standards are sold on Amazon. Um, so that, that did well. Cause I have an engineering background, didn't I? And used that to kind of revamp it a bit, um, went well and got a lot of capital and that allowed me to kind of broaden the products. Um, but I always wanted to have the DNA of, you know, taking what's out there and making it better, giving it a bit of a more innovative twist. Um, so we have over grips, we have bamboo charcoal wristbands with uh, a thin profile that reduce sweat, but it doesn't actually smell afterwards. I forget my wristbands all the time and they stink. My (laughs) wife lets me know that for sure. Um, So it's like we want to solve problems, right? I think we're all kind of in the tennis world and there's all these weird, weird small problems that aren't being really addressed by some of the bigger companies. So I want to kind of, I want to kind of make sure I address that. And the biggest, the proudest product we have is the ADV jetpack, the bag, and that bag really was a, was a fun thing to do, just talking to players and what they wanted in a bag, what they didn't want, what no one's addressed, things like that. So that was super fun.
1: So let's dive into this bag and what makes it different and what, what you were hearing from players that caused that light bulb to go on in your head to say, hey, I can design something that is much more effective.
2: Yeah. So... I will say I, I designed it at first very selfishly because I, I, I had two problems. Um, my drinks would get hot, um, and it, they were always hard to find. That was problem A. Problem B is when I go to bike, I was bike to the courts, I would always hit my head on the on the racket bag, no matter what, and I just adjust it this way and that way. So I started with those two big problems. Um, so the first problem, we we built a cooler in the bag, like we used like this Yeti type material and stuck it on the very top. So it's easy to get your cold drinks um you can put an ice pack in there and it even keeps it colder um and then yeah we took the bag and we flipped it around so that the, the part that slants doesn't hit your head when you bike so that's a mm-hmm. small thing but no one else has really done that um so so yeah those are the two pain points but, but ultimately it's just i reached out to my my network of tennis friends and, and family um and then also, just to a lot of people I just meet randomly on the court here and there, just people like to talk about it, right? So yeah. like the the biggest problems people faced were they wanted organization. but like they wanted specific organization. They wanted like, I want to be able to keep a pen in this pocket, or I want to be able to keep a clipboard, or I want to have my balls not be able to get lost everywhere. Um, or the most the biggest one was, I don't want my stinky clothes to get my whole bag stinky.. Um, so things like that. So we we really wanted to listen, and I think we got a we got to a pretty good place um, using some pretty cool materials too. It's it's like a if denim mixed with nylon had a had a baby. That's what the bag kind of feels like. <laughs>
1: Well, the whole notion of keeping the smelly clothes away from everything, I think the parents out there could totally appreciate and relate to any mom or dad that's opened their kid's tennis bag and found last week's towel and shirt and wristband and socks. Oh my gosh. I remember yeah, those sure. days. Oh. <laughs> um, so what kind of response are you getting so far on these products? Cause it's ADB tennis. You said you started in 2017. Um, have you been actively marketing and selling the product since 2017?
2: <clears throat> Yeah, most of our sales have been on Amazon. And these are people who are just like searching for tennis scripts or tennis dampener. Um we are actually the best selling tennis dampener on, on in Amazon, which is pretty cool. Um we're actually beating some of the bigger brands that have like that best seller bag uh, badge. Um Why do you think that
1: is? I'm gonna interrupt you, but why why yeah. do you think your your dampener is the best seller?
2: So the dampener, I think a, a lot of people, you know, it's It's a very personal subjective thing. Like I I personally can't play without one, but I know friends who simply can never play with one. Um, The way the damper is different, it it comes in three sizes, a a touch size, a Zorb size and a Max Zorb, which is a little bigger. Um, And each type gives you a different feel profile. Mm. And it's super subtle, like super subtle, but like tennis players specifically, any slight change, any tweak, it really matters. So we that's where we marketed too. Like it's, you know, you can customize your feel and it's different from anything else. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what's the big differentiator, because I think generally it's very simplified. And I think a lot of big companies use it to market their, their logo mm-hmm. as opposed to really look at the damper.
1: I think that's very accurate. And yeah, it's become one of those kind of common giveaway items at conferences or tournaments. You know, the sponsors will have some dampeners printed up with their logo and hand them out for free. But if they're not doing the job or not doing the job effectively, then they're not going to get used. So that kind of defeats the purpose, right?
2: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah, um, and what's the price point on your items compared to the larger brands? Are you competitive?
2: Yeah, so the the dampeners they are they're a higher price point than the competitors. They're around eighteen dollars for a pack of three of the each type. With the overgrips, we're about the same as Turner Grips and Wilson's. Um, we we also have a cool um, product that I didn't mention. And I think it was actually really relevant for parents. Um, back in my coaching coaching days. I would always ask parents to get a reaction ball, a jump rope, a elastic band, a pull rope to do those exercises. Um, and at the end of the day, they would go to Amazon, and buy everything separately, and it would come out to be about 60 bucks, 70 bucks. Um, so I created a bundle called the ADV Training Kit that incorporates all four of those things into a, little, a nice little package. Um, we've actually... Sold it to some academies who, who kind of disperse it to all their players, but it's a great way to get everything you need to kind of warm up um, or to cool down, even in one in one place. So,
1: and it comes in a handy carrying bag, and so it's uh-huh. easy to toss in your racket bag or your jetpack bag and um, <laughs> ha- have everything stay in one place, so that when you arrive on site to get ready for your match, you just. Open up the bag, and everything's right there for you. Um, and yeah. those of you who have been tuning into the podcast for a while, you know we've we've offered up lots of warm up and cool down routines for junior players. So the bands, the balls, um, the the tubing, all of that is typically included in those types of workout regimens. And so, how cool that lobby that you guys have put all that together for the players, for the parents to, you know, not have to seek it out individually, but to have a quality product all in one place.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it's just like a problem that I personally faced. Like I just, you know, it just, it's easier go get this pack or it coaches and give it to their, their, their kids too. You know, it's, it's a good gift item for them also.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so what are some ideas for future products that may be coming from ADV Tennis?
2: Yeah. The this is a super, a super fun one. I don't know what the name is, but it's something like a jetpack mm-hmm. light or a, a version of the jetpack that's smaller, um, likely more of a backpack style. Mm-hmm. Um we wanna keep the DNA the same. So the having the cooler, having the secret compartment for the sweaty clothes, that type of stuff. But we want to make it in, into a bag that you could actually double as like a bag to bring to the office or bring to school. Um and make it, you know, make it look great for tennis and not. And that's that's a that's a big design challenge. And it's something we're working on. So so yeah, we're actively on that. If anybody has good feedback, I'm more than happy to hear it. Cause I love I love listening, listening to ideas and some and particularly problems people have. Cause that if there's a problem, there's a good solve. So
1: yeah, I mean and and I think that's one of the really unique things about your company is that you are approaching this from a problem-solving standpoint, not just we're going to throw more products out into the marketplace and see what sticks, but but rather, you know, these are things we're hearing from players themselves, from parents, from coaches, how can we create products to help alleviate those pain points for all of those people. And I I think that's, that's such a cool approach. Um, You guys have a website um, in addition to marketing on Amazon. You want to throw that website out for our listeners as well?
2: Yeah. Um, So it's www.adv, like uh, advantage almost, um, advtennis.pro, P-R-O. So um, and yeah, and yeah, I'm happy to give a discount to all your listeners also. So if you use the code Parenting Aces at checkout, you'll get a nice little discount.
1: Awesome. We always love that and love <laughs> love bringing savings to our audience. That's always a big plus. Yeah. So what else is going on in your life, Lobby since we last spoke? I mean, you've you've started yeah. this company, um, and are you still living in Atlanta?
2: No, I so we love Atlanta. We loved Atlanta. We we moved we moved two years ago, spent about seven years in Atlanta. Um we're in Northern Virginia now, which is another nice, nice tennis, tennis town. For sure. Um and yeah, I have life is different. I have two kids, Kai and Mila. One is three and a half, one is one and a half. Kai is going to have his first tiny tennis group lesson on June 20th. And that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to. Um, so super fun. Um, and yeah, I don't think I was, I don't think it was married when I, when we had the last test. Yeah. So yeah, things have definitely changed <laughs> um, quite a bit. We have, uh, we have a house in Northern Virginia now and a dog in the backyard. Yeah. So things are Life different. Life is
1: good. Life is, <laughs> Life good. is good.
0: Yeah.
2: So,
1: I want to go back to, I'm you mentioned, and and I mentioned um, the philanthropic aspect to ADV tennis. And one of the big initiatives that you guys have embraced is giving back. Can you talk a little bit about what that looks like for ADV tennis?
2: Yeah, thanks. I mean, this is, this is part that really I'm proud of. It makes me, it just makes me happy. It's I know that I know the power of tennis and so my, my my parents are both Cambodian. So um, that by itself really intrigued me into understanding what was going on in tennis in Cambodia. It's not not two things you, you generally put together as tennis in Cambodia. <laughs> um, but I made the trek out there in 2000, I say 2014. I learned a lot, met some great people. I shot a documentary there. Um and it's great i mean it tells a story wait wait
1: wait wait, wait. you shot a yeah. documentary what I did
2: i didn't tell you that yeah so no. i did um and that maybe something you share in the in the notes but that that's something i was really proud of it, it it brought my parents to tears like they were they were so happy by it but it's it talked about the story after the after the the war um the genocide then unfortunately and how they kind of had a revival um so one person there started kind of building up grassroots tennis again, up to the point where they have a Davis cup team now. Um, and Davis cup team has players from across the world of Cambodian heritage. Um, I was able to get on court. I never played, helped warm up, but that was, that was a fun time. But, but at the end of the day, like they're doing great things. Um, they're fighting their way in Davis cup, trying to get to group three and group two Oceana. Um, they, they, they're helping to bring tennis across the country into different orphanages and things like that. For perspective, tennis—the whole country of Cambodia in 2015 had 33 courts. and used to coach. I used to coach the facilities that had more than 33 courts on its right. own. Um, so that gives them perspective. Um, and ADV, I wanted to make sure that we could help. Like as 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 ADV grows, I want that I want us to help communities. So we work with them actively. I'm good friends of the foundation there. So we donate five percent of profits to very specific initiatives. Um I don't want to just give a blanket donation. Mm-hmm. Rather, we sponsor what their top 14-year-old who can't pay for travel in Southeast Asia. So money goes towards that. Um I'm working with a team there to get shoes for orphan- for orphanages. Um playing tennis without shoes on a makeshift clay court is not it's not fun so no. you want to do that um we've done some work with haiti also um we did we worked with ataf in atlanta um which is great too but yeah that's a big part of the mission like as we grow up, we want to make sure they'll be able to help more um so so yeah thanks for letting me share that
1: yeah well let's i want to talk a little bit about this 14 year old in cambodia so are there coaches in Cambodia? Is, is the coaching community growing there as the sport is growing there? I mean, there's a Davis cup team there, obviously, you know, there is interest in growing the game of tennis in Cambodia. How does a country do that?
2: Yeah, it starts, it starts really grassroots. Like they, they go on to missions going to different villages and seeing what kids really want to play and then, you know, how quick they can pick it up. Um, this, this kid's name is Ratanak. Um He's 14. He's super, super tiny. He's super tiny. Um, the nutrition isn't great there, but like, he's doing pretty well for it. Um, and, and yeah, I, 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 I wish, or I'm hoping to tell his story through Lisa's social media to see kind of his progression. He's not going to win like huge Southeast Asian tournaments. Right. But he's going to be like that first kind of homegrown tennis player, because the majority of the Davis cup team are people from France and the U S who have Cambodian heritage. Um, but because of that, that helps to draw coaches from different countries. So we have one of my good friends, Brian, he's, he's from Panama. He's the head coach of the Davis cup team with tennis, Cambodia there. He moved there from Panama. Um, and he's, he's a great coach. I mean, he's coached, I think top 100 ATP professionals and he's decided to, you know, really help out the federation and kind of build a structure there. So they have, they have different divisions and and camps all across Cambodia. And then they kind of pick and choose the the top ones and they bring them to Phnom Penh, which is the capital. And then they get to travel and, and do like different junior tournaments and things. And it's just, it's just a brand new perspective. And I think that's something that, I want to share more of, mm-hmm. um, the documentary does a good job of it. It's a bit outdated now. Cause that was, that was in 2015, but the tennis channel thought about picking it up. It's just, it honestly, wasn't the highest production value. I had, I had literally orphans holding my boom microphone and stuff for <laughs> me. So it was a man of, it was a crew That's of awesome. one. That yeah. was me. <laughs> so
1: I know about uh, that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I can relate.
2: It's a lot of it's a lot of work, but the story is definitely worth telling. So.
1: So, I mean, in this country, you know, we take for granted the fact that there are tournaments pretty much every weekend all around the U.S. that kids can play in. But is there a junior competitive system set up in Cambodia yet or does playing tournaments require travel outside the country?
2: They are local tournaments. They're, they're smaller Um they have their annual junior ter- junior tournament in Phnom Penh. Um, they have smaller satellite ones, but they're they're not what you would think, right? They're they're more like we have one court and like maybe five, six kids just kind of playing tennis. Um mm-hmm. it's a lot more structured when you go to Phnom Penh. Um but but yeah, once you once you kind of do well there, then the Southeast Asian tour that that kind of there's a there's a bigger there's a bigger kind of uh, junior presence across Southeast Asia, particularly there's a lot in Thailand and Vietnam for mm-hmm. sure. Some big, some big names have come from those countries, particularly Thailand. Yeah. Um, but it's getting better. I think every, every year it's getting better. The better, the better they do in Davis cup, the more publicity they get. Um, but yeah, I think the funds go a long way, like five grand there is much, much, much more than five grand in the US. Like it, it gets them a lot farther. So yeah,
1: sure. But I mean, just the whole notion of, you know, if you want to develop as a junior tennis player, the level of competition that you can get yeah. at home really may not be high enough to get you to the level that you want to play, you know, for example, coming to the U S and playing college tennis. And so is, is that one of the things that you're trying to help with there is, you know, exposing more kids to the sport and then facilitating their development so that they do have these opportunities to play at higher levels.
2: Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's right. Like, like Ratanak, he, he pretty, he, he does really well locally, right. Especially at his age level, but when he goes to play, he played a tournament in Malaysia recently. He didn't do that great, but the experience he got was fantastic, and that's the type of experience I think is really helpful. And that that's what's needed, right? Mm-hmm. A really tough loss to a really good player can do you much better than a really easy win against a player you know that you're you're older than or just a, a bit better than. So, yeah, I think making the sport more accessible um, just to start out is really important, but then having these different levels, like he should be hitting with some of the Davis cup players, just get that that experience. So,
1: well, and that's what I was going to say. It's, it's very cool for him. I'm sure to get to see the level that is out there and then to go home and, and have the ability to work to reach that level and dream to reach that level. Right now the dreams are, they're accessible to him. Whereas before you guys got involved, before Davis Cup just got involved, maybe a kid like him really wouldn't even know to have this as a dream.
2: Yeah. I mean, the the federation has a lot has done great things like they they're a nonprofit. that so we support the the nonprofit, and then they and then we kind of work you know work out like this these funds should go here and they like that but they they really run the show they 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 bring in coaches from abroad um right the next coach is um a person named baptiste who's from france um but but yeah they do all the recruiting they they get the they get the word out, right? They go Mm -hmm. to different smaller towns. and So they're doing great work. And and I'm just really happy to be working with them.
1: Do you have any plans to travel back
2: there? I do. I I wanted to go every three years, but COVID made that harder this this particular span. Um, I do. And I think it's really fun. I want to hang out with the Davis Cup team, just the guys. They're all my friends now. Um, Some of them I moved back to the States. Um, They were kind of the ex-D1, D2 players going out there. and yeah, I, maybe I'll go there next year. Hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll try, but with two kids, it's a little tough, two young kids. <laughs> tough. I think as, as many of your audience may know. So.
1: Yes. Yes. We, we can all relate to that for sure. For sure. Yeah. So what's next for lobby? I mean, what you, you are a guy that doesn't seem to rest on your laurels or be easily satisfied with the status quo. So where do you go next?
2: Yeah, I want to I want to build up ADV. Um I think there's a lot of potential, um potential there to innovate, make some really cool products. Um and yeah, that that grows and like I want to be able to help more, right? That five percent goes further and further, the more the more revenue and profit we can make. Um and I want to I want to help put communities like ten like Cambodia, like tenants in Cambodia. I want to get the word out more because like I, I the the power of a good story is just very, very impactful. Right. I think if the more people know what's going on in Cambodia, that just, that can help so much with, with money, with people traveling, with assistance, all that type of stuff. Um, I want to, I want to get them to have more courts. I want to help them build more courts. I think there's a lot, there's a lot to that. I think just fundraising in general, being more involved in that, trying to figure out that world because I don't know that world as well, but like, having to really make an impact there but but like i've seen some amazing things happen like there's a a, a skating project in afghanistan where they they do something similar for afghanistan using skateboarding um to get more kids to do things like that um dancing there's a dance um in south america like a i i have a connection with but there's all these sorts of cool things and just trying to figure a path uh, to like kind of systematize or assist in that I think is really, really what it would be great to do at some point.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we always talk about the fact that tennis is a global sport. You know, people talk about how many international players we see in college tennis here in the States. And then, you know, when you tune in to tournaments on TV and look down the player list and see the number of different flags yeah, yeah. you know that the the players are representing their countries it's very cool but we forget that there's still places around the globe that really don't have access to our sport they don't have access to courts or to equipment or to training or to competition and yeah. so i think you know hearing your story about what you're able to do with ADV and giving back to your parents country of origin and helping to grow the game there it's just so inspiring and really eye opening for me because we get jaded here you know we have so much access we have yeah. so many opportunities here in the states and you know in the big the the grand slam nations you know all those those four countries have amazing access to tennis but there's still lots of places around the world where either tennis doesn't exist or it exists in very 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 small pockets and the kids just don't have the access so i'm i'm always up for supporting a project or a person or an initiative that grows our game globally i think it's it's good for all of us
2: yeah uh, well said and I will say, like, I think the tennis tennis community in general was very giving. I think it's more of like a awareness thing. Like I I, I like I used to coach a I think an A-level women's team in Atlanta. And I was like, they caught wind of the the documentary and the work I did there. The next thing I know, they bring just piles of stuff for me to send over. And then I was like, well, this is great. How am I gonna send this over? And then somebody somebody worked at Delta because Delta is Atlanta there. Um, And they helped kind of get the package on over. So like, I think people really, people will really, they want to help. And these stories are really compelling to them. It's just kind of getting it out there. So,
1: well, I'm glad we can help do that at Parenting Aces. And again, Lobby, give us the website for ADV and how people can support your initiative in Cambodia.
2: Yeah, so it's www.advtennis.pro, and then you can use the code Parenting Aces for a discount. Um, and I love meeting more people. So if you have any questions or anything, um, you can use the you can contact me at Lavi L A V I E at advtennis.pro, um, and I'll make sure to make sure to respond. And yeah, I love to get your thoughts on the new bag on Tennis Cambodia if you have any connections to help get the word out that type of stuff more than more than happy to hear it cuz i think it's a very deserving deserving country um deserving community so so yeah
1: well and i'm just going to put out there we are part of the tennis channel podcast network so tennis channel give some time to this initiative i think it would be a great thing to publicize on the network and for tennis fans around the us to kind of get wind of and hopefully get involved with. So hopefully we can, do that for you too, Lobby. And um, congratulations yeah. on all your great work. We will have links to your website, to your email in the show notes. And we'll also have the discount code that you so graciously offered to our audience in the show notes at parentingaces.com. So if you are watching or listening to this podcast, be sure to go to our website and check out the show notes for those links. Lobby, any last words you want to leave us with today?
2: Yeah, um this was fantastic I really enjoyed it thank you Lisa um and yeah and yeah keep it the great work love the podcast and it's i will I will soon be a a tennis parent i I am close let me give it a month um and I'll, I'll be a fellow tennis parent so looking forward to that and all the all the adventures that come with that I've been on the coaching side now I see the, the parenting side. So.
1: That's awesome. I love that. We always love having new members of the community. So um, welcome to that world and uh, <laughs> strap in. It's, it's a rough ride.
2: Yep. <laughs> awesome.
1: <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. And to yeah. my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parents like what you heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, please visit us online at parentingaces.com. Thanks for tuning in and sharing us with your tennis
2: community.